I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio every weekday from 1 to 3 p.m. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. I hope you're ready for a second hour and that you're ready to really dig in a little deeper on some important topics, to think a little bigger, challenge your assumptions just a little stronger, and of course, disagree just a little better. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So let's think again about Earth Day. Let's think about climate. Uh, So often we get caught up in this all or nothing. You're either a tree-hugging liberal leftist or you're a heartless, science-denying person on the right. Uh, And that's really not where the reality is uh, or where the conversation should be. Uh, Very pleased to be joined now to help us think again about a lot of these things. Uh, Representative Chris Stewart joins us on the line. Congressman, thanks for dropping in. Uh, it's great to be with you, and I am a self-declared tree hugger who also <laughs> recognizes uh, that the, that there's great resources and great economic benefit from taking care of our of our planet and using some of the natural resources God has given us. Yeah. So I think, Boyd, you and I can bridge that divide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is about stewardship. That seems to be the, uh, the right way to frame <laughs> all of this. And uh, I know that you've introduced a... Uh, a new bill, uh, the Ensuring Access to Domestic Mineral Production Act, uh, which really seeks to to do that, to both look at uh, how do we do this responsibly, but how do we also make sure we're protecting our national security interests, uh, the environment, uh, and uh, a whole host of other uh, economic impacts? Yeah. So the thrust of this bill is this, that the, the current administration, and it kind of goes back to the Obama administration, is looking at and they're likely to withdraw enormous swaths of federal land uh, and to take them, you know, put them in protected status from which we will not be able to look at any of the natural resources. At the same time, like we've learned in the last year, for example, that we get 92 percent of our pharmaceuticals from China. We get a similarly high number of these rare earth materials. These are the things that without which you can't build batteries for electric cars, you can't build cell phones, you can't build satellites, and there's all sorts of military and national security applications. And we're relying on China 
almost entirely, mm. that's a bad idea. And the point of this bill is to say before you withdraw millions or tens of millions of acres from federal land, from never being able to look at are there resources there that we should be able to extract, to, to consider the national security implications, at least look at those before you make those withdrawals. That's the only, only purpose of this bill. Yeah, and, and it's so important. Uh, often, again, we, we look at the extreme components and you either see, you know, a picture of an oil rig under delicate arch uh, <laughs> or, we're, you know, yeah. we're, we're just, uh, you know, trashing the planet. Uh, but this this idea, yeah. a, especially... A baby seal, you know, <laughs> coated in oil, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so so part of what I love about what you're proposing here uh, is that we really do have to, to think it all the way through that, uh, I mean, you mentioned batteries and cell phones and healthcare, telecommunications, and all of those, we, we are going to get those minerals from somewhere. And we sh- surely can do it cleaner, safer, and better uh, here than relying on China, who we know will do it dirty uh, and uh, will not apply, uh, will not adhere to a lot of the uh, regulations that we do here in the United States. Yeah, and, and boy, you, that is such a great point. That, those minerals are going to be extracted and, and developed somewhere. And uh, if you compare China's uh, environmental records to the U.S., it's a catastrophe. So why would we concede all of that? Not only not only with the interest of protecting our national security, but in the interest of protecting our environment to say we should do it. The EPA and the, and the, and the regulations that we would comply with are far more stringent than anything China's interested in doing. If you want to protect the earth, let the United States do it or work with our allies. Don't just concede and force that uh, proposition back to China. Yeah, it, yeah. It seems to me that that too often we uh, we either just abdicate that and say, oh, we'll we'll let that happen somewhere else, um, and uh, and then we uh, forget that there's also back end ramifications to all of these things t- as well. So whether it's an electric car with batteries that you know we don't we're not sure how those are going to impact the earth fifty or a hundred years from now, uh, or the electricity that uh, you know if we're getting that through. You know, dirty coal power plants or or more clean uh, power plants. Uh, all of those things we got to bring to the table in what I think has to be a different kind of conversation. Yep, and, and uh, you said it uh, better than I could. And again, the purpose of this bill is just to ask those questions, just to consider the overall uh, overall picture and and the overall national cons- uh, national security considerations as well. Yeah, and so as we look at things broadly, uh, of course, there's there are deep and and uh, needed conversations to be had about air quality and water uh from your perspective and again from the federal level what should that conversation be as we as we look at air and water in particular yeah it should be done at the local level and look utah for example salt lake city the wasatch friend is a great example we don't have any more emissions than a city similar in size like portland uh in fact there's evidence we have less than many similar sized cities what we also have is this geological reality that we get the inversions being in the valley the way we are. So the Wasatch Front should have its own standard and its own way of dealing with it. And it actually may be more stringent than, say, Portland or St. Louis or other cities. And that's where the federal uh, overlap becomes so troubling because many times they have uh, a one-size-fits-all. And it just doesn't work for different locations. And by the way, the state has a department of uh, uh, essentially an EPA, and they do a great job. Um, You and I don't want to destroy Utah. We live there because we love it. And I think the presumption should be we want to protect it 
more than someone who lives in Washington, D.C., who has never visited the state and might not ever come visit the state. That's right. Yeah, yeah. somebody in a cubicle in uh, in downtown D.C., which is not a state still. Uh, we'll save that conversation for another day. Uh, yeah. But those, yeah. lo- those closest to the action are going to have the, the greatest insight and the greatest investment to make sure it actually gets done right. Yeah, no doubt about it. Wonderful. Well, Representative Shortite, we appreciate you jumping on today. We know you are running back to the floor and in between uh, meetings there in Washington, D.C. We appreciate you jumping on on Earth Day uh, and helping us get this balanced perspective in terms of what I think is the ultimate question, and that is about stewardship. Thanks for joining us today. Yep. Thank you so much. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So again, we want to continue this conversation around Earth Day and around stewardship and how do we actually bridge the divide on some of the misperceptions? How do we make sure that places like poor communities or communities of color that often get very nervous talking about mining and things like that, how do we make sure we get the right balance there? We're going to continue. We're going to stay with the question a little longer and we're going to be joined by Congressman John Curtis coming up next on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.